This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah, we'll just keep it. Who are yeah, you? Yeah, we're keeping that one. <laughs> Who are you? I am Amanda. <laughs> and I'm Brittany. And we've lost all control of everything today. <laughs> like, flabbergasted over here. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> if uh, we happen to put any of the preceding uh, shit shit before that, <laughs> wow! Congratulations, you're the winner. You will understand why we are where we're at. We have already drinking a glass of wine. Drinking, drinking, <laughs> drank, <laughs> drink, drink, drinking. Drink, we already drink, had. <laughs> we had a glass of wine. We've had a okay. glass of wine. We're a glass number two. Look, we it's had it, we had to detox. Okay, we needed mm-hmm. a minute. It was great. So now we are ready, and it is episode fifty four. Four. Fifty four. Fifty four. I like the number fifty four. It's uh, <laughs> it's frenemies. I like the number 54. It's swell. (laughs) 54, you say? (laughs) It's pretty fly for a white guy. How do you feel about uh, 55 and 56? Do they hold a candle? Okay, I like 55 because it's like double vibe. I don't know. It's... <clears throat> I don't okay. know. I like 55. It's fine. This episode is called Frenemies. <laughs> it's about Frenemies. It's, it, it is. Um, Man, we've all had one. Oh, every. At least one. Every middle school or high school oh, girl fuck. has had a frenemy. It's a thing. I don't want to have flashbacks. Let's not go there. I'm just saying. It's a thing. And. Y'all, what? these cases are whack. <laughs> Shit's whack. <laughs> it's whack. I mean, it's good. Listen it's to it. It's good. But- it's good. Yeah, don't go away. Um, But damn. Okay. Okay. Oh. What? It's hump day. <laughs> I was just about to say the hump day tree. <laughs> I was introducing it. Thank you. Long time. Long time. Wine time. Wine time. Sweet time, hump day treat time. I went to. <laughs> what is happening? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, as I was waiting for Brittany to get done at work today, because I get off at 11, and for some reason she doesn't get off till 11.30. I don't understand this logic, but. That shit's whack. It is. It's whack. Crack is whack. <laughs> <laughs> To quote the late Whitney Houston. Okay, so I'm sitting there, and Delana's like, all right, y'all, I'm out. And I was like, boo-boo. So I'm trying to think of a hump day treat for frenemies. And she's like, ooh, okay. And I'm thinking shareables. And she's like, go to Gina's Waffles and Dogs. 
get a bubble waffle uh-huh. with some delicious heaven inside of it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, I think I'm going to do that. So, bitch, I gave you credit. Okay. There you go. There's your credit. I, I heard. I heard what had happened. She, you you went to Brit and you were like, <laughs> bitch, better give me credit for that. Don't let her take all the credit. She said, don't let me, don't let her take credit for my idea. <laughs> all right. I mean, there might be some frenemy shit going on. I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> God. No. No, I, I like her. Anyways. So after the gym today. <laughs> because every time you go to the gym, you have to go get Korean corn look, dogs look, and bubble waffles. We didn't have to rush today. So on Fridays, we get to stay longer and we get to do double. We did double cardio today. We earned it. Yeah. And we were sitting there talking and we didn't even realize that we had gone over. It's a thing. On the treadmill and on the bike. Every time. Every time. That's fine. So, but yeah, we kicked ass. Anyways. So after all that, I walked up into Gina's waffles, all sweaty and sparkly. Mm-hmm. You were glistening. I was glistening. Mm-hmm. So I ordered a number two on their ice cream menu, which was the one that had Oreos in it, and it's got cornflakes and sprinkles and it's um, ooey gooey goodness. Oh, what are they called? Not pockies. Oh, pocky sticks. Yeah. yeah, it's got those in it. And it's a delicious bubble cone. And she even separated it for me because I was like, look, boo, here's the thing. I'm not going to eat this till like later. So can you separate it? And she did. All nice and neat and pretty. All, yeah, it really was. Like all I had to do was scoop it out and stick it in the wall. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I, <laughs> and then I topped it off with some whipped cream and cherries. And then I got two of their Korean corn dogs. Mm-hmm. It's, Oh my god. Okay, I got Brittany the one that has cheese and a hot dog in it. Because I love cheese. Because cheese is cheese. so good. Okay, now when I say cheese, this thing is like... Dude. What's the circumference of this shit? Like what, four inches? Three three inches maybe? It's a wide girth of cheese. <laughs> oh, Okay, so here's the so thing. It was like a regular size corn dog. Yeah. But, but but then it's like it a was half a dog. Cake. It was half a dog, half a cheese. Yeah, and it's panko crusted. Not a. It's not cornbread crusted. with little chopped up potatoes. There's potatoes on the outside of it. Potatoes. It really it it tastes like a funnel cake with panko and little crispy potatoes. It's, it's just, goodness. Just it's go goodness. Eat it. Just go eat it. Look, when you need a mental health day, that is a really good option. Just saying. We may or may not have skipped the gym before to go have corn. I believe it was St. Patrick's Day. Oh, yeah. Because we had on our t-shirts. Oh, yeah. And we were like, fuck the gym. That was the thing. Yeah. So we decided to call them mental health days. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. Okay. Side tangent. Mm. I'm a little perturbed. Amanda's angry. With a local Italian restaurant. Okay. Not gonna name names. So I went there for lunch today and I'm looking around and I'm like, oh, there's this giant bottle of Moscato. I could just get my hump day treat here while I'm having lunch, which was great, by the way. But then I, I was like, hey, waitress, I wanna buy that bottle of wine. And she's like, okay, I'll, I can ring it up for you. And I was like, cool. So she went and talked to her manager. The name of it, by the way, was Reunite. 
which made me want to buy it even more because I was like, okay, that's kind of perfect. Yeah. For the episode. But anyways, she comes back and she's like, I'm so sorry. I can't sell it to you. We only do it by the glass. And I'm thinking, how the fuck does that financially make any sense as far as business smarts? What? Okay, fine. Fine. I won't buy your bottle of wine, you fucking dumbass. And then she's like, but you can go across the street to like Walmart or Thrifty Liquor. I know she didn't mean it rude, but I was like, okay, fine. So I went across the street to Thrifty Liquor. They didn't have it. She's like using her hands and everything. I'm upset. I'm half tempted to pick up my phone and record this. <laughs> <laughs> so I walk around 30 for like 20 minutes. And I'm like, okay, I want a big bottle because all the pretty bottles that I'm seeing are a little bitty. And that's not enough for us. Uh-uh. Actually, two glasses and it's already gone. Mm-hmm. So I got a backup bottle. I'm walking through the aisles and I see this one. And it says, what the fuck is it? What's it called? <laughs> yes way rosé <laughs> forgot i got so upset <laughs> but i just don't understand that like i was willing to spend money like we could have figured out a price mm-hmm. we could have figured something out but they just said no and i'm like well could have made some money but okay yeah that was dumb somebody explained that to me i know they make more money selling it by the glass but i mean like we could have they could have just slapped the by the glass price on the bottle and you're still making the same amount of money something is better than zero hello and they had like six bottles of it six bottles stingy they could have let go of one fucking bottle Mm -hmm. whatever okay anyways are we done being angry i'm i'm dead (laughs) (laughs) okay well now that's all the way the bitches gripes and complaints portion (laughs) of our podcast is that gonna become a normal thing I think we do that anyways without titling what it is. So Probably, yeah. I can be unpleasant. <laughs> it's fine. You are never unpleasant. And now she lies. She rants and then she Ever. lies. Ever. Ever. You it's are fine. a total delight. You fart rainbows and sprinkles and glitter and fluffy furry kittens and what else? Hearts and what? I think that was it. I don't know. We had this discussion a little bit earlier. <laughs> as i blankly stare at you <laughs> we all know that's not true i don't like how she was glaring into my soul a little bit like <laughs> we determined a- you ma'am are the unicorns and rainbows and i'm the wednesday adams of the group it's fine. <laughs> yeah yeah that's it's fine yeah yeah okay well let's just move right along okay oh go to the socials Oh, yeah, do that. Do the socials, the Facebook and the Instagram and the Twitter if you go there. I mean, if a notification happens to pop up, I have my notifications on. So if anything happens on that page, I'll know. But nothing's happened yet. (laughs) If you want to see pictures and shenanigans and shit, go to the Facebook and the Instagram. Yeah. And on our Facebook page, um, I do y'all a favor. The pictures of the current episode. That's up for the week. I pin those to the top so you don't have to be like, oh my God, where are these fucking episodes? Oh, that's nifty. You do that. I do that. Oh, okay. I've been doing that from the beginning, but. Oh, okay. I just kind of felt the need to <laughs> voice that because I was like, you know, people, people probably don't, know. like they might not go because they think that it's going to be hard to find them, but it's really not. It's right up at the top. You're so clever. <laughs> <laughs> You're so clever. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Well. 
Because we post so much other shit there's during the week. There's a lot of shit. I mean, it's funny shit. But yeah. There's a lot of shit. Just, just scroll down past that. Okay, so. Yeah. Frenemies. The case that I chose is quite terrible, to be honest. <laughs> but it's so I good. chose it because it took place in the state that my family's from. Yeah. So it's a West Virginia case. I tend to like those. Yeah. I'm doing the murder of Skylar Niece. Shit. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to hear your version of it. Skylar Niece was a 16-year-old honors student with a bright future. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and go to the notes already and just Let's look just at a picture jump in. of who, who we're talking about. It just says Skylar. It looks like a little school picture. She is cute as a friggin' button. You took my words. All the black eyeliner. Oh, my God. I, I love her. Yes. She is adorable. So cute. Ugh. Like, I want to jump and scream with her and be like, oh, my God. Bit money. She was a little sad girl, just like me. A little emo chick. I don't know. I I can't see the outfit. Well, when you're in high school, you don't really get the freedom always that you want with your clothes. Anyhow, it's just the black eyeliners giving me the vibes, man. She loved I to miss read. my high school wardrobe. I don't. I do. I'm more so liked my 19, 20 year old wardrobe. That shit was banging. I'd okay, I liked that. my body better back then, but, like, I'm starting to get back into dressing however the fuck I want to. Uh-huh. And I really like it. Uh-huh. And that's what I did in high school. Like, Delia's. My, that in was, high school? That was, my, that was my wardrobe. Not until my senior year did I actually start embracing what I wanted to do. I was try, I was still trying to fit in. I was trying oh, so I did, hard to I did, in. Yeah, I did grunge. I did the clueless look. I did the preppy girl look. I did the hippie girl look. I tried it all. Like, every day was a different mood. Well, there's only <laughs> about 90% of where I grew up looks one particular way. Oh, oh, absolutely. Because I grew up in a small country town. Yep. So, I was trying to fit in with the 90%. It turns out I'm not one of those no, people. and I love you for it. But, anyhow, we okay. got off topic. Okay. One sentence in. <laughs> one sentence in. Okay. Skylar loved to read, had an active social life, and was all about posting on social media. Mm. Everyone who knew her thought she was a bubbly girl and a loyal friend. She also never missed a day of work at her part-time job at Wendy's. Girl. Chicken nuggets for days. Frosties and french fries. On July 6th, 2012, she'd gotten home in the evening after finishing her shift at Wendy's. She kissed her parents goodnight, and that was the last time they saw her. Skylar snuck out of her bedroom window in Star City, West Virginia, to meet up with her two best friends, Sheila Eddy and Rachel Schof. She never returned. Skylar, Sheila, and Rachel went to University High School just north of Morgantown, West Virginia. Skylar had known Sheila since she was eight years old, and Sheila met Rachel their freshman year. The trio became inseparable, and Skylar was an emotional rock for the other two since Sheila and Rachel's parents had divorced. So I have a picture of the three girls together. Okay. One of their many social media posts I had to weed through and just pick. But so you see Skylar over there on the right. Yes. Sheila's in the middle. Yeah. And Rachel's the redhead on the left. Fucking Rachel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why you got so much hate towards Rachel? In a minute, you'll be saying fucking Sheila. Oh, I know. 
Skylar, however, was an only child, and her parents wanted everything for her. They nurtured her intelligence and encouraged her to be her own person. Skylar thought she could save her, Skylar's mother Mary said, of her daughter's relationship with Sheila. I would hear her on the phone, giving Sheila all kinds of hell. Don't be stupid. What were you thinking? On the other hand, Sheila was so much fun. She was always silly and doing crazy stuff. So Sheila was the fun-loving girl on the trio. She was accepted by Mary and her husband David as if she was one of their own. Sheila didn't even knock on the door when she came over. She just came on in. That's what uh, Mary said. Yeah. Rachel, on the other hand, was the opposite. Though she was well-liked and enjoyed being in school plays, she came from a strict Catholic family and idolized Sheila for her wild and carefree attitude. Mm-hmm. People like that, are um, ma- they're magnetic. They are. They're magnetic. People that are social butterflies and, you know, just kind of go with the flow and are wild and free. Oh, yeah. And all that. Those those types of people are magnetic. I, I love those people. I know a few. Me too. Anywho. While Rachel and Skylar enjoyed some of the freedom that Sheila enjoyed, they didn't have that same freedom to the same extent and that, in particular, would eventually spell doom for Skylar. Thanks to the trio's many social media posts, it ultimately became clear that the girls had underlying tensions with each other, mm-hmm. as most teenage girl groups do. Especially when there's three. Yeah. And odd, that, number. odd numbers are so hard. Yeah. Skylar tweeted things like this May 31st, 2012 post. You're a two-faced bitch and obviously fucking stupid if you thought I wouldn't find out. Wow. She angry at someone. Ooh, she angry. Okay. And my mom would have whooped my ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another tweet from that spring said, Too bad my friends are having lives without me. It appeared to Skylar that Sheila and Rachel were becoming closer friends without her. Mm-hmm. Sheila and Skylar were fighting a lot. Daniel Hovater? Yeah. Hovater. Hovater. <laughs> a classmate reported. One time sophomore year, me and Rachel were at practice for Pride and Prejudice, and Rachel had her phone up to her ear, and she was laughing. She was like, listen to this. Sheila and Skylar were fighting, but Skylar didn't know Sheila had put her on three-way calling, and Rachel was listening in. Oh, that's fucked up. The situation was something straight out of Mean Girls, but things were about to get a lot more grisly. (laughs) That was some Mean Girls shit. (laughs) See, Grudge, I told you she wasn't mad at you. (laughs) But don't you think she's a bitch for telling me? <laughs> no. I mean, it is pretty bitchy, but I, I think she just likes the attention. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. I love it so much. Okay. Yeah, your case is definitely Mean Girls. <laughs> Grainy security camera footage from Skylar's family apartment in the early morning of July 6th <laughs> shows Skylar getting into an unidentifiable car. Yes. I got a picture. Yes. From the surveillance footage, you can see Skylar walking across a parking lot, and you can see a car over yonder waiting for her. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can't really see what kind of car. No. It looks like maybe a four-door sedan, sedan type car. But you can't tell what really what color it is. But that's it. Yeah. It looks I mean, light, it's a light color, kinda, but it yeah. could be anything. There's no one in it. The next morning, Skylar did not show up for work. This was not normal for her. The nieces knew their daughter didn't run away because her cell phone charger, toothbrush, and toiletries were still in her room. Oh, well, she left her charger. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. She planned on coming back if she left her charger. That's right. They reported her missing. Later that day, Sheila called them. Mm. She proceeded to tell me that her, Skylar, and Rachel had snuck out the night before, and they had driven around Star City, were getting high, and that the two girls had dropped her back off at the house, Mary recalled. The story was they had dropped her off at the end of the road because she didn't want to wake us up sneaking back in. That story held up for a little while until the friends seemed to implicate themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That was an evil villain laugh, as Ashton would call it. (laughs) Villain? Villain. I love it. I'm going to be the evil villain today. All right, bro. I just want to be a bad boy today, Mom. That is a whole other can of worms, people. That's a can of worms. My kid's a handful. When they start making their own decisions. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Ashton straight up told his teacher (laughs) at school the other day that today was the day he was going to be a bad boy. It was like, the hell you are, kid. (laughs) I got a phone call from the daycare. Mm -hmm. Who gets a phone call from the daycare? Me. For a four-year-old. Yeah, she used to bite people. He ain't a biter. But he's usually not bad at school. He just decided that day he was going to be a bad boy. <laughs> I love his logic, cool uh, reasoning. I like, mean, at least he was honest. Yeah, I mean, he I let them know what they were in for. Today, I wanted to be bad, bitch. I mean, I'm trying on a new shoe. I called and talked to him, though, and he immediately started boohooing. <laughs> so we nipped that in the bud pretty quick. Oh, yeah. When he realized they were yeah, not Yeah, little Mr. Badass disappeared real uh-huh. fast. Yeah, he was done. He was over it. <laughs> Y'all. It's so cute. One of the threats his teacher has when he's being bad. Yeah. The first thing she always tries is, do you want me to call your mom and tell her that you can't go to Target? Oh, right for the gut. Do you know how often that works? If he starts Absolutely, getting a little, I know how that works. He starts getting a little cray. They'll tell him, "Okay, I'm going to call your mom and tell her that you're not allowed to go to Target." And he's like, "Oh shit, they mean business. You ain't going to Target acting like this, and you sure ain't getting no Starbucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I cinnamon like, dolces for you, you, you bougie little shit. shit with me." <laughs> oh my god. Okay, back to the horrible, horrific frenemy murder. Yay! All right. Sheila claimed that she and Rachel picked up Skylar at 11 p.m. and dropped her back off before midnight. The surveillance photo tells a different story. The footage showed Skylar leaving her apartment at 12.30 a.m., mm-hmm. the car pulling away at 12.35 a.m., and then never seen again. Sheila and her mother helped to search the neighborhood for Skylar on July 7th. Meanwhile, Rachel was at Catholic summer camp for two weeks. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Was she doing confession mm. for her sins? These are my confession. Mm. <laughs> All is forgiven, my child. Uh, rumors went around that Skylar went to a house party and overdosed on heroin. Corporal. The fuck? Sorry. That's okay. Now you're going to make me say that super awkward word again. I'm sorry. Corporal. 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 Yeah. You're cutting out a a syllable that's I don't know. That's how I say it. Corporal. Yeah. Yeah. That. that. Ronnie Gaskins. (laughs) Gaskins. Okay. (laughs) One of the investigators in the case said that people told him that she attended a party and died. People there panicked and they disposed of the body, he said. 
Star City police officer Jessica Colbank's instincts. Instincts. That's a weird word, too. What are words today? Said otherwise. Their stories were verbatim the same. No one's story is exactly the same mm-hmm. unless it's rehearsed. Mm-hmm. Everything in my gut was Sheila is acting wrong. Rachel is scared to death. So that was a quote from one of the, the police officers on the case. I love her instincts. Instincts. Her intuition. Her gut. <laughs> that fucking gut. God, I hate <laughs> that bitch. We talked about that too. I hate it when she's right. Boy. I hate it when she's right. But with no legitimate cause to make an arrest yet, the police had to keep investigating and the family had to go through an agonizing wait before the truth about Skylar would come out. Oh. Are you about to tell the truth? The whole truth? And nothing but the truth? I mean, I'm fitting to. I know. You, I got are, all the truth. Are you about to tell the meat and potatoes? I mean, I'm, I'm just trying I'm to get prepared. I'm on my way. Okay. Okay. Luckily, social media offered some clues as all three girls were very active on Twitter and Facebook. The afternoon before Skylar disappeared, she tweeted, Sick of being at fucking home. Thanks, with quotes, friends. Love hanging out with you all, too. That's mm. how we know they're not from the South. Mm-hmm. She said, you, you all. all. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah she, nope. <laughs> she ain't from around these parts. <laughs> <laughs> the day before, she posted, You doing shit like that is why I can never completely trust you. And never is all caps, y'all. Yeah, she was screaming. She was mad. It seemed the rift in the trio provided some solid evidence that maybe Sheila and Rachel had something to do with Skylar's disappearance. Mm. Chris Berry, a state trooper assigned to the case in August 2012, always believed that any murderer could not conceal what they had done for very long. Mm -hmm. In some cases, Berry had seen, the murderers would even brag about their deeds. He had a feeling that this was one of those cases. Because it's teenage girls, bro. Mm-hmm. He believed that Rachel and Sheila would confess in time. Barry created a fake profile as an attractive teenage boy who Genius. attended West Virginia University in Morgantown and searched Facebook and Twitter for the girls and befriended them. This way, investigators could use this to gain insight on the mental states of the girls from their posts on social media. Yep. Investigators observed that Sheila was perky while Rachel was reserved and quiet. We already knew that. And this is why you don't be friends with people you don't know in real life. Mm-hmm. Because you never know. You never know. The FBI could be watching you right now, and you wouldn't know. I'm sure they are. Mm-hmm. Hi. <laughs> hey. How you doing? <laughs> Do you need a cheeseburger? Oh, my God. I cannot with you. <laughs> <laughs> Neither one of the girls hinted that they were upset about their best friend's disappearance. Sheila tweeted about normal everyday things and even posted a photo of her and Rachel together. Uh-huh. So if you go to the drive, I have, I don't know if this is the picture, but I have a Rachel and Sheila picture. It says something about being weird with your best friend. But whenever I saved it on the drive, it got all grainy. I can't. But it says something about the face you make when you're being weird with your best friend or something like that. Okay. But... Rachel's the redhead. Sheila is the brunette. Yeah. And they're making faces similar to the ones I make, but mine are not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my stank face. That's the one that Rachel's making. That's like, <laughs> it's not quite that bad, but we have problems. It's okay though. It's fine. It's, it's okay. 
some posts were odd, like the one on November 5th, 2012, that said, no one on this earth can handle me and Rachel. If you think you can, you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> well. You a little big for your britches, madam. I mean, I do kind of feel that way about my current friend group, but. But we, for real, some grown badass bitches. I know. And we didn't kill nobody. We had some little high school bitches. We didn't kill nobody yet. No. We we got the knowledge. Mm-hmm. We mamas. And we badasses. Mm-hmm. All the things. Bad moms 5.0. She even pretended to feel grief over her friend's loss after her death. So this was posted the day that her body was found. That irritates me even more is when they do like the fake grief. Uh Uh-huh. Like uh, Michelle Waters. Mm -hmm. She even practiced that shit. Mm -hmm. Like, ooh. Okay. So this was the post that Sheila made. The day that Skylar's body ended up being. Okay. Rest easy, Skylar. You'll always be my best friend. Sheila posted this along with a picture of her and Skylar. So I have the post. The actual post. So now they're friends. Skylar and Sheila. She wants the attention. Oh, it's so cute Mm. and sweet. Don't they look happy? A little friendship montage. I noticed those are old photos. Uh, Yeah. Not any current ones because mm-hmm. her hair's a little bit darker in those photos. Mm-hmm. And Skylar's was longer. Y'all, listen to me. Clicking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You getting in the middle I'm of this high school drama. But-, <laughs> <laughs> but perhaps the most disturbing post mm-hmm. is Sheila's tweet on March 30th, 2013. That's why you don't be on the tweeter. I need, oh my fuck. <laughs> Stay off the tweeter. Stay off. Ma'am, ma'am. Merch, stay off the Twitter. Stay off the Twitter. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> but this this is important. Okay. I'm sorry. You need to keep this phrase in your back pocket. Okay? Okay. okay. This is what she posted. She tweeted on March 30th, 2013. We really did go on three. Fuck. <laughs> oh my God. I cannot believe she posted that shit. I didn't know that's what she posted. For real, she did. <sighs> so, okay. meanwhile, Sheila and Rachel began hearing things on social media that made them nervous. Some people on Twitter outright accused them of having committed the murder and told them that it was only a matter of time before they would be caught. <laughs> Authorities continually, continually brought them in for interviews. It's a hard word. You did good. It's so bad. Mm -hmm. Over time, the two became more secluded from their other friends and relied more on each other. (sighs) Shit's getting real, y'all. Yep. yep. Y'all ready? Yeah. The officers realized that the car and the security footage belonged to Sheila. Authorities cross-referenced surveillance footage from nearby businesses from that night. They found the same car that picked up Skylar near a convenience store in Blackstone, West Virginia, west of Star City in Morgantown. Hmm. However, both Sheila and Rachel said they went east on the night of Skylar's disappearance. The girls were caught in a lie. While the evidence continued to point to Skylar's best friends as her killers, the cops still didn't have enough to charge them. It would take a confession to close the case. Yeah. (laughs) 
The stress of concealing their crime took its toll on Rachel and Sheila. On December 28, 2012, a frantic parent called 911. I have an issue with a 16-year-old daughter of mine. I can't control her anymore. She's hitting us. She's screaming. She's running through the neighborhood. That call was placed by Patricia Schof, Rachel's mother. Yeah. In the background, Rachel could be heard crying uncontrollably. Give me the phone. No, no. This is over. This is over. Patricia then said to the dispatcher, my husband's trying to contain her. Please hurry. Yeah. Rachel was primed to confess and authorities picked her up. Soon she told them the horrifying truth about Skylar niece's murder. We stabbed her, she blurted out. As she continued talking, the truth about Skylar only became more clear. Rachel said she and Sheila had planned Skylar's murder a month in advance. One day they were in science class and they agreed that maybe they should kill her. Science. Fucking science, bro. Science. They planned on carrying out the murder just before Rachel left for summer camp. Catholic summer camp. (laughs) On the night of the murder, Rachel grabbed a shovel from her dad's house and Sheila took two knives from her mom's kitchen. They also took cleaning supplies and a change of clothes. When the girls picked her up, Skylar assumed they were just going to be driving around and having fun. She just thought she was going to smoke pot with her friends. Mm Mm-hmm. Previously, the trio had driven to Brave, a town just over the state line in Pennsylvania, to get high. The girls had brought their pipes for smoking weed. I don't know what that is. Shut up. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Even though it was hot out, Rachel and Sheila wore hoodies to hide the knives, and Skylar thought nothing of it. Because teenagers wear, wear fucking hoodies in July. All the it's time. It's 110 degrees. Them bitches got hoodies on, sitting in the car with no air conditioner, waiting for you to come outside and get in the car. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Sorry, that was, that was a personal experience. That's why they're so skinny. That's why all the teenagers around here are so skinny. Because they just sweating it all off. Should we start wearing hoodies? Maybe. There might be something to that. All right. I'm going to let you try that first and let me know how it goes. (laughs) 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 Once they got to the woods in Pennsylvania, the two girls got behind their victim. (laughs) On three, Rachel said, they pounced and started attacking her. Rachel said that at one point, Skylar got away, but they stabbed her in the knee so she could not run very far. They stabbed her dozens of times until she stopped making, quote, weird sounds. Oh, my God. In her dying breaths, Skylar asked why. Authorities asked Rachel the same question, and she simply said, we didn't like her. Oh, my God. Have you watched the videos? There's videos. No. Have you seen that? You haven't seen the videos? No. There's a video confession. No, I haven't watched that. Oh, YouTube. I don't ever click on the videos because I'm afraid of what I'm going to see. She's sitting in a chair, and she's just like, oh, my God. Like, at one part of it, she's like, yeah, yeah. Like, just so nonchalant, like, and then she's breaking down, and then she's okay. And then she's breaking down, and oh, my God, it's it's insane to watch. Like, to put yourself in that real time. And it's Rachel's or Sheila's, or both? Uh, I think it was Rachel. Okay. Maybe we should I share think, that on I the think, page. I think there's both. But I remember seeing. I, we'll I, see what I we can dredge up, that. and we'll share something on the page. After they murdered Skylar, Sheila and Rachel planned to bury her body using the shovel they brought along. However, they found the ground was too rocky for them to make a dent in it. Uh. Instead, they dragged her body to a secluded area of the woods next to a large tree, 
and covered her with branches. <laughs> in early January 2013, Rachel took investigators to the woods where she and Sheila had killed Skylar. It was covered in snow, and she didn't remember the exact spot. They could not find the body at first, but due to Rachel's confession, she was soon charged with murder. The authorities' final break came a week later when they found the body nearly unidentifiable in the woods. Skylar would have turned 17 on February 10th. Fuck. Sadly, instead of celebrating, on that day, her family lit candles and held a vigil to honor her memory. Oh my god! It would not be until <sighs> March 13th that a crime lab could officially confirm that the body was that of Skylar Niece. Oh, wow. Investigators matched blood samples from Sheila's trunk to Skylar's DNA, and she was arrested on May 1st, 2013, in the parking lot of a Cracker Barrel. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, She was probably eating chicken and dumplings. It wasn't Cracker Barrel's fault. I'm not blaming it on Cracker Barrel. I kind of want some chicken and dumplings. I know. I kind of feel bad for Cracker Barrels. What a shame. <sighs> oh, and those little cornbread muffin things. Oh, my God. Yeah, that shit's good. All right. It's just like slap your mama good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. She was charged with first-degree murder, and she pled guilty in January 2014. She received a life sentence with the possibility of parole after 15 years. That Rachel, guilty of second-degree murder, received a 30-year sentence. Um, I have their mugshot. Okay. If you go to the notes and look at the picture that says mugshots. Oh, There they are. Sheila's on the left. Rachel's on the right. Amanda's currently flipping off the picture because that's going to do something. Double flip off. <laughs> Double. One for each of you. Yeah. If I had more middle fingers, I'd do them. <laughs> I only have Man. two. Simmer down. <laughs> Simmer down. I can try to do it with my toes. <laughs> Calm down with your finger toes. Fuck you. They come in handy when I drop a sock when I'm doing laundry. I'm just saying, like, I can pick them up and put them back on the couch. Delena calls mine sausage toes. <laughs> oh, I love your little being of sausages. They're short little stubblies. But they go in a perfect line downward. Oh, as long as you got that. Yeah. You're fine. okay. It's fine. <laughs> Fucking feet. Why are feet in every episode now? I don't know. David Neese, Skylar's dad, says that those two girls did not deserve leniency from the courts. Nope. They're both sickos, and they're both exactly where they need to be, away from civilization, locked up like animals, because that's what they are. They're animals. That was a quote from Skylar's dad. Yeah. He occasionally visits a tree in the woods in Pennsylvania decorated with photos of his only child, killed because of two jealous best friends. Oh my god, you have a picture? I have a picture of the little memorial. It says, memorial. <gasps> and so he's made like a little heart of rocks there, and he's got some kind of plant planted. And there's crosses and pictures and butterflies and shit all around it. It's a cute little spot. That's where she was found? Mm-hmm. And there, there was another picture from another angle that showed, like, there's a little bench out there that he sits on. Oh, my God. I know. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Hi. Mm. I wanted to take the horrible thing that happened here and try to turn it into something good. A place that people can come and remember Skylar and remember the good little girl that she was and not the little beast that they treated her like. Fuck. That's so sad. Yeah. 
The Neese family also helped to pass Schuyler's Law, which requires that the state issue Amber Alerts for all missing children, even those not believed to be kidnapped. Yes. Even if that may not have saved Skylar's life because she was killed before her parents even realized she was missing. Yeah. This new system in West Virginia may save some more lives through timely notices of missing children. Rachel Schof and Sheila Eddy are currently serving their sentence at West Virginia's Lakin Correctional Center. Today, they're 26 years old and are waiting for the time they'll be able to ask for a reduction of their sentence. Rachel will be eligible for parole in 2024, while Sheila will be eligible for parole in 2029. The end. Teenage girls are bitches. That's something that that we've learned here today. Oh, I think we all already knew that. Yeah, but for realsies. But damn. Mm-hmm. Just because they didn't like her anymore. Teenage so hormones ghost her. <laughs> like so everybody else does. Oh my god. Well, okay. There was phase them out. A theory that Sheila and Rachel were involved. Oh, I didn't find anything about that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like supposedly that's what Skylar was referencing when she was saying, You think I don't know? Like, I know what y'all are doing. That um, tweet that you quoted. You're a two-faced bitch and obviously fucking stupid if you thought I wouldn't find out. Oh. Supposedly. Maybe they did. Who knows? I don't know. But that. I do think there has to be more of a reason than we just didn't like her anymore. Yeah. Because, like, legit, teenage girls do do that sometimes. Just so they decide they don't like somebody anymore. But usually they phase them out or completely ghost them or they bully them to the point to where they just leave the group on their own. Right. They don't murder them. They don't murder them. That's not normal. It it happens, but no, it's not normal. That's not what you should do Mm-mm. to any of our younger listeners. That's a no-no. We there, better not have no teenagers listen. Oh, we do. There's other ways. Ellie, plug your ears. She's my cousin. Okay. Ellie, honey boo, you can use these as examples of what not to do. Mm-hmm. Spread the wisdom. Yeah. And for any other <laughs> <laughs> people, <laughs> honestly. Now kids. That really goes for any age. It's never too late. It's never too it's late. never too late to learn that life lesson. <laughs> Uh, just stay away from drama. Y'all, it's bullshit. It just takes up way too much of your time. It gives you wrinkles. And it does give you wrinkles. And mm-hmm. too much stress and anxiety. That's not even yours. You get worry lines. Ugh. It's not cute. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> just stop it. <laughs> All right. Well. Okay. Um, we did that. We did that. Focus. Your turn, go. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. God. I did it again. I did. Um, This is fucked up. Trigger warning towards um, grotesqueness. I don't. I'm not excited. It ain't cute. It ain't cute. Okay. I'm just going to do it. Do it. In Worcester, Massachusetts, Julie Corey, 35, beat and strangled her pregnant friend Darlene Haynes, 23, before cutting her open and stealing her unborn baby as she lay dying. 
Ah! The baby survived, and she pretended the child was her own. Corey was convicted by jury and sentenced to life imprisonment in February of 2014. The end. Yikes! The end. That's it. That's no, you're not the end of it. No. All right. Let's go look at the photos of the girls, shall we? Okay. Break this up a little bit. Okay, there's a picture of Darlene, just the first one with her um other child. Okay. Darlene. Got it. And then there's the little Indian braid. I know. Like oh, I got a braid going too. You do. All right. Twinning. I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> and then there's Julie. Um, that's that's a court photo, but it ain't cute. The other photos I found of her, like she's always trying to hide her face, mm-hmm. or she looked like absolute shit. So I was trying to do her a little bit of justice. But why though? Fuck I, her. It's fine. I try to give a fair side. To, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, okay. fuck you, Julie. Okay. Oh, there's another photo where you there. There's a couple more photos where you could be like, oh yeah. Okay. There's plenty of time for that. Okay. All right, so the court had previously heard how Corey and Miss Haynes were expecting to give birth just four weeks apart, and they would spend hours over cups of coffee discussing the names they liked. First Don't of all, drink coffee while thank you're pregnant. you, thank you. What the fuck are you doing drinking cups of coffee for hours while you're pregnant? It better well, have been decaf. Hold on, it better hold have on, been hold decaf. On. Hold on. What? We're not supposed to mom shame. Look. We're not supposed to mom shame. Okay. Yeah. All no. moms make different decisions. If the worst they did was Everybody drinking cups can... of coffee while they were pregnant, then what else? Yeah. Every human body handles things differently. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't even do popcorn. Oh, my gosh. She'd be rolling the fuck around. Like, it made her go nuts. Anyways. Yeah. We're not supposed to mom shame. It's but one of I the things that you're not supposed to do, but there's it. other things that you're not supposed to do that... People do all the time. If you do in moderation, it's really like, fine. Anyways. You're not supposed to jump on trampolines. No. You're not supposed to eat sushi. Okay. For anybody who hasn't been pregnant, from the time you get pregnant for the rest of your entire life, you should not jump on a trampoline. <laughs> you can just count those out. I have to tell the Especially people a story. Especially after number two. So, Baby number two. <laughs> today I was making jokes because I thought it was funny earlier. You were funny. I told Amanda we were going to run at the gym today. Now, first off, <laughs> no. I, if I am running somewhere, you better bears be are chasing running. me. You better run too. That's true. That's true. Because I will put out an eyeball. I can't run. <laughs> but Amanda, she was like, "No, no, I can't run. I'll pee all over myself." <laughs> Yelling across the parking lot. lot. That's why I feel okay to tell the story. Because you already told half of Bozier City. (laughs) So it's fine. I can't run. So you can never run again. When you have a baby, you can't run. I even did the hand motions like from waist to knee. Like, I'm going to pee on myself. I can't. When she should have known better in the first damn place. Like, I'm going to run anywhere. But but immediately, that's what my brain jumps to. I'm like, I can't do that. (laughs) Ma'am, the best you'll get from me is a brisk walk on the treadmill. Yeah. That's as much as I can do. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thanks for sharing that lovely 
yeah event in your life. <laughs> <laughs> so, just giving the people what they want. <laughs> Insight into their podcast besties' lives. <laughs> Here we are. Okay. Um. So, the coffee. All right. Discussing the names they liked. <laughs> names. Sadly, Corey miscarried her own child, but she didn't tell anybody. And she pretended Why? like she was still pregnant while she plotted the gruesome murder. Oh, honey. I have a photo of her, quote unquote, pregnant. Ready? So this is after she miscarried? Yeah. That's what it said. Oh, yeah, bitch. That's what it said. She still had the weight. Oh, my gosh. I Okay. Yep. I don't understand this for so many reasons. But one of <sighs> them being the trauma of miscarrying a child. I cannot imagine. You, first of you all. were able to get through that trauma without telling anybody? Mm, mm. I, see, I don't I see where understand. You're going. I don't understand. That's not okay. I mean, that's probably why she concocted the plan that she did because of the trauma. But still, that's not an excuse. How do you do that? How do you compartmentalize it? You don't in that because way? okay, look, her body was going through postpartum plus miscarriage. Her hormones were going fucking crazy. Yeah. How do you not tell someone? To her, it was logical. How did the people around her not? realize that bitch was going cray because a girl during pregnancy is crazy anyways okay so they I chalked it like up this. to i do not like it sam i am no Mm-mm. i do not like green eggs and ham no no or julie or julie, or julie. we don't like her okay all right So after butchering her young friend and snatching her unborn baby, she pretended it was hers. She then went on the run when her own relatives became suspicious. So did she just tell her boyfriend man, oh, I gave birth without you. Here's our kid. Like, how the fuck does that happen? I'm going to get to that. Okay. But I'm going to go ahead and show you a picture of the happy family. Okay. Nope, don't like this. I mean, that's a cute fucking baby. But no, I don't yep. like this. It's a very cute baby. There's Julie and Roberto. Okay. And the baby. Okay. The first thing I noticed in this picture, though, after mm. the baby. Hold on, let me go back. Julie need to wash her hair. Mm-hmm. Baby. Mm-hmm. If you know people's going to be taking pictures of you, do something with yourself. Wash your hair. I'm pretty sure that may be Jill. Oh, God. Wash your hair. She was stuck in the 80s slash 90s at that point in time. Yeah. That that just made me gag a little bit. I saw it. Like, I don't know if y'all could hear it, but the the sound effect was there. Touching somebody's hair with that much gel in it where it looks wet and then it's crunchy. Oh, it's crunchy. Yeah. And it's like. Okay. No. Okay. Keep going. All right. All right. So. During her trial, Julie tried to pin the blame on Sheila, ah, Marie's father, Roberto Rodriguez. Okay. 
He sobbed uncontrollably as the jury read out their verdict after 10 hours of deliberation. Oh, my cow. Mm-hmm. The crime sent shockwaves around the U.S. town of Worcester, Massachusetts in July 2009. Yeah, I said that with Brad. It's hard to say. It's a hard word. It is, and you did it right twice. (laughs) Twice. Twice. She drank it. She drank it. Mind your business. She said twice. Mind your business. No one can believe the brutality of it all, said neighbor Agnes Brady. Agnes? Agnes Brady. All right. And no, no one can believe it. Both Darlene and Julie lived in the same block, and they were expecting children almost at the same time. They were friends. It totally shocked our community. Julie seemed so nice. She was very friendly. One time, she even cooked a huge lasagna for all her neighbors. How could we have been so wrong? Corey refused to testify in the two-week trial, but the details that came out in court were horrifying. Here we go. Okay. Ready? Mm. She had gone to Darlene's flat, beaten her on the head, and strangled her with an electrical cord from a lamp. Uh. As Darlene lay dying, she crudely cut open her stomach, severed the umbilical cord, and ripped out the baby before wrapping her friend's body in a duvet cover and stuffing her into a wardrobe. Oh, my God. Just hours later, Corey, who had an 11-year-old son from a previous relationship, told friends and family she had gone into labor and given birth to a baby girl she would call Alita. Okay. Her boyfriend, Alex Dion, 31, who she had dated on and off for two years, said she had told him in October of 2008 that she was having his baby. Here we go. On the day of the killing, she said she was giving her friend Darlene a lift to a local supermarket. Then later, she rang to say that her water had broken and a friend was taking her to the hospital. This is all the shit she told her boyfriend. Okay. A couple of hours later, she called him again, excitedly screaming down the phone, We had a baby! Uh, yeah. The jury heard how Corey arrived the next morning with a baby girl, and they introduced the talk to family and friends. Okay. The next morning. Okay. Okay. First of all, with both of my kiddos, the shortest I was in the hospital was three days. Mm Mm-hmm. Now I realize they do, like, the next day or two days. Depending on baby and mom. Depending. But usually it's at least two days. Mm -hmm. So um, the very next morning, like, you had her that night and you went home the next morning? No. No. And boyfriend, why didn't he go to the hospital? Did she refuse to let him come up there? Maybe. Isn't that a little sus? Like, she probably made it sound like, hey, I'm just letting you know, having the kid. I mean, they were on and off, so it wasn't like they were, like, a legit thing. Okay. I hate this. Yeah. Okay. But several relatives were suspicious when Julie said that she had been in labor for only 20 minutes. Uh, ma'am. Ma'am. That's not possible. That's not how that works. That's, I've, I've had two very fast, very, very, very fast deliveries, Okay. My first one, the doctor was running down the hall to catch the baby out of my hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Took longer than 20 minutes. And I was induced. Had help. Yeah. Twi- no. 
<laughs> okay. Anyways, and they noticed how she tried to fool them that she was breastfeeding the baby under a blanket with a bottle of formula milk nearby. Okay. Okay, red flags everywhere. Alex said, I was so confused. I didn't even know what to think, but I thought I had a brand new daughter. So, yeah, you know, he was blinded by all of that, which I understand. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't want to be the guy that's being suspicious, you know. Right. Like, why would I question my girlfriend? Right. I mean, she was actually pregnant. Yeah. So it's not like she was faking it the entire time. She wasn't Mm -hmm. one of those bitches. Sorry. Sorry. Mm. But, yeah. Yeah. So, I guess, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. So, I, I, I can see how people were misled. Yeah. Okay. But um, he and Corey, with no means of support, left with the baby. And they moved into a homeless shelter in Plymouth, New Hampshire. Why did they move into a homeless shelter? They had no means of support. He didn't have a job. So, they lost their home? Um... I don't know. Honestly, yeah. like I tried to dive in deeper and yeah, you told me you had trouble. There's been details. okay, there's been new events that have happened with this case, so everything that I found was all about the new events and hardly any of it gave a lot of background mm-hmm. into what the actual event like the you actual just murder think with her having a son like it would mention Yeah, like it mentioned that she had a son, like what's or, the significance yeah. like where was he? Yeah. How was he affected? Like, this whole story's just fucked up. It, yeah. Okay. So this is kind of one of those short and sweet ones, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's not sweet, though. It's not sweet. It's not sweet. It was at that time that her lies began to unravel. Mm-hmm. Loving this. Darlene's landlord, William Thompson, discovered her body after one neighbor reported a horrifying smell. Mm-hmm. As a nationwide manhunt was launched, staff at the shelter became increasingly suspicious of Julie. They noticed how the baby's umbilical cord, like the cut, had been botched and disguised with a pink ribbon. That's weird. That is weird. Usually they put a clamp on it and it, mm-hmm. you know, it falls off or whatever. Yeah. I knew something was funny, said a nurse. I heard about Darlene's death on the news the night before, and something went up in the back of my neck. Gut. Mm-hmm. It's your gut. When I got to the work the next day, I told my supervisor. Okay. The work. Nice verbiage. I know. It's underlined, and it drives nurse. me crazy. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's driving me crazy. But that was a quote, so I had to leave it alone. Anyways, she said Corey grew agitated when a member of staff took photos of the baby on her phone. She had a lot of post-traumatic stress and was obviously not a well woman, said the nurse. She said a child had been taken from her before and would not let it happen again. Okay, so maybe her 11-year-old was removed from her care. Is what I'm putting together. Okay. So, staff called the police at this point. Julie sensed her game was up, but her attempt to escape came too late. Officers found that despite the baby's gruesome entry into the world, she was in good health. Good. She was taken to a nearby hospital while Julie continued to insist that she had given birth, but medics said she showed no signs of it. Honey, your hoo-ha's fine. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. 
During the trial, Corey's lawyers argued that the police had failed to follow up on leads that could have implicated other potential suspects. Bitch, please. Mm -hmm. Particularly Darlene's boyfriend, Roberto Rodriguez, who the court was told had been violent towards her. It went, mm-hmm. which, yeah, but okay. They suggested that he had given the baby to Julie, who had no knowledge of involvement in Darlene's murder. <laughs> the court also heard how social worker Jessica Bader, who made several previous visits to Darlene's home, several, okay, mm-hmm. um, got a call from her to say that she'd reported Roberto to the police after an assault. Darlene told Miss Bader that he had thrown her into a glass table, then ripped the phone from the wall to stop her from calling for help. Oh, my God. So that did happen. Mm-hmm. Other witnesses who claimed to have seen Roberto emerging from a nearby cemetery looking dirty and disheveled the day after the killing was never called to testify in the case. Okay. Okay. That's a little odd as well. Yeah. But I think that's coincidental. I mean, mm-hmm. that's probably why he was never called. I mean, yeah. Let, let, let's be realistic, people. All signs point to yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roberto said, I know what some people think of me, but I don't care anymore and I don't have to defend myself. The killer has got what they deserve. This is justice. Some people need their 15 minutes of fame. I don't need that. I don't want it. Mm -hmm. I want my family to be respected and for us to start a fresh chapter in our lives. I want this verdict to be the beginning of that. My daughter didn't ask for this, but she'll have to live with it. We will tell her in time. But right now, I'm done with this. I'm just done. We want to move on. It's time that people let us do that. So he was granted full custody of the baby. In 2014, this is the most current stuff I could find. She did live with him and his wife, Anna. Um, He married her on August 17th in 2009. But he applied for the marriage license in City Hall the very same day that Darlene's mutilated body was discovered after the neighbors complained to their landlord about the smell. And people think that that's a little... That's a lot of sus. Odd. I wonder if he they weren't in cahoots. I wonder if he didn't I, put this into Darlene's head. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have my suspicions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he didn't make some sort of offhanded comment. And Julie ran with it. Yeah, with her having those postpartum emotions and hormones going on, like it just worked to his advantage. Yeah. I don't know. This was fucked. Right? Yeah. But I decided to just kind of report the crime this time Mm -hmm. and let y'all have at it. Yeah. Because there are many different ways it could go. Yeah. Yep. Julie was charged, though. Oh, yeah, she got life in prison. Like, she she ain't coming out. She done. I don't know where she's at, but... Because she did it. She did it. But I bet yeah. Homeboy knew about it. In yeah, there's capacity. there's something else to it. That it, it That's it, my it, guesstimate. He knew about it in some capacity. Like, he... Yeah. He either told her or planted that seed ahead of time, or he or found he was about up to it. his own shit. He found about it afterwards. And it just happened to be a coincidence, and he's okay with it. Mm-hmm. So. It's I, all fucked. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I'm glad the baby's healthy. Yeah. And hopefully she's well taken care of. 
I did read an article, something about, but it was, it was old. It was a 2014 article where they didn't know, like they still hadn't told her, but I'm not sure. She's still little though. Yeah. So I'm sure she knows by now because it's everywhere. Yeah. Because it had her, it was, let's see, her previous name was going to be Alita Nevea. Mm. Something, I think that was it. That was the name that Julie was going to give her, but the name that Darlene gave her was Sheila Marie. Yeah. So she's still Sheila Marie, as far as I know. But I'm pretty sure her identity is hidden, and that's probably why there's no further updates. Yeah. And I don't blame her. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So. Well, this sucked. I'm going to have to do something lighter next week. (laughs) What's next week's topic? Let me peek. I don't even know. Okay. Next week's topic. Oh, mine's mine's not going to be lighter. It's not going to be lighter. Douchebox. All right, so this episode is coming to you on August August 10th. 10th. Okay, so Mm -hmm. cold read for you guys. Yeah. Charles Frederick Albright, born August 10th, 1933, is an American killer and diagnosed psychopath from Dallas, Texas. Well, that's our neighbor. Oh, fuck. Who was convicted of killing one woman and suspected of killing two others in 1991. He is incarcerated in the John Montford Psychiatric Unit in Lubbock, Texas. A career criminal, Albright has previously served jail terms for other offenses. The end. The end. end. Well. So one of our neighbors killed a bunch of people. If you type his name in, there's some lovely photos from Wikipedia. All right. Him in his football gear. He's got a lovely head of hair. Also known as the eyeball killer. Oh, my <laughs> stars. Oh, shit. Oh, we may have to keep him a secret. I love that. He died in 2020. Also known as the eyeball killer. Oh, shit. We may have to keep him a secret. Right. He has a lot of hair. He does have a lot of hair. He's got that salt and pepper. He was born in Amarillo. Richard Gear look. Oh, gosh. So, fuck Charles Albright. Yeah. And his square head. His skunk <laughs> stripe. Oh, my God. All right. Well. Okay. This is near the end of this shit show. Yeah. We need you guys to start sending in stories. So, I had some questions posed that I want to make clear for everyone else. Okay. It does not have to be a ghosty ghost story. No, it does not. You can send in if your town, because I know a lot of towns have them, has a particular urban legend that you want to share. Yes. That would be really cool. We'd enjoy reading that. If you have some sort of tie or brush with some sort of true crime, murdery type thing. Right. Please don't confess your murders to us. But (laughs) if if you... Do not put that burden on us. Please, please, please. have had some sort of brush with, you know, true crime, we want to hear about it. Like, if your mom it? almost dated Ted Bundy, then tell us about that. If your mom uh, went on the dating game, tell us about did that. anybody meet my man? Meet your man. Ed Kemper. Oh, my God. Did anybody? <laughs> yes, I'm sure there are loads of people listening to this podcast ready to tell you about that one time they met Ed Kemper. I want to hear it. 
Okay, you know what? Even if you have like alien stories. Ooh, yeah. If you've been taken up, we if want they if you've you up, been abducted, tell us. We want to know. Anything that is out of the ordinary, anything that is odd and curious. Yeah. <laughs> 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 See what I did there? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good branding. <laughs> <laughs> Share those things with us. Yeah. We want to we want to fill up an episode, a special Halloween episode like we did last year, but let's make it bigger and better, better than last year. Bigger and better is always gooder. <laughs> Much more gooder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're trying to give y'all a little bit of a head start this year because we know we're definitely going to stick to it. And rate and review. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. us, share us with your friends and your mailman and your hairdresser and your DoorDash delivery driver. And your yeah. gossiping next door neighbor. neighbor. Tell that Karen. Tell that Karen. <laughs> All the Karen. Mm-hmm. Let them spread the word for you. Just just whoever. Mm-hmm. Well, and as far as I know, nobody's guessed my abbreviation. No. So no, nobody, nobody's no getting a gold you. sticker. So, go back to episode 53. All right, we're going to go. We're done. I we're think done. so. We, yeah. D-N-N done. Okay. Um, bye. Okay, bye. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook and Instagram for episode picks and announcements. Please rate and review on Apple, Spotify, and Facebook. We want to give a huge shout out to Stephen Goetzky for editing, Craig Weaver for music, and our very own Amanda Hagens for art. We'll talk at you next week.